0: Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Happy Wednesday, Dr. Paul. How are you today? I'm doing fine, and end Did you get your trash out? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I just I burned it. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that. It was cold this morning. <laughs> yeah, that was true. But I, I can't remember the days. When I was, you know, you know, when Pittsburgh was a dirty city, they, they were making all that steel yeah. to fight the world, and <laughs> it was, sweat was in the air uh, up until noontime. And uh, then uh, every time I had to fire up the furnace when winter came, <laughs> uh, you know. Today I turned the switch up a little bit, Did you? and we had to go down and shovel the coal oh, <laughs> into <wow>. our furnace. <laughs> but it was a good heater. I you know? bet. <laughs> so, anyway want to go talk about uh you, you know a little bit about ukraine and um all the lobbying going on and all the money spent and how's it fitting in into the the election you know uh and we want to know about uh, how's is responding to this because you know, if uh, if the people lose interest in it, our, the people who pay in the bills, that is the American citizen, if they lose interest in thinking we should be more concerned about home issues, uh, Zelensky is not going to have us enough to do. I mean, he's a high paid lobbyist because <laughs> I think he probably takes a little bit of uh, living expenses, you yeah. know, uh, and they, he's. Been pretty successful. Uh, I doubt if we went there and tried to lobby for $67 billion, (laughs) we wouldn't
1: do so well. That's what we need for the show. (laughs) The only way they could
0: do is maybe... Well, they either, either cancel us or give us money to just be quiet. <laughs> but anyway, it's a, it's a big thing in the news. And it's uh, in, in some ways, although not way out on the table, I think it's playing a role in what's going on in the campaign here, which represents the, uh, the two issues, uh, moral bankruptcy and financial bankruptcy. And that's why the people are restless in a political philosophy that's been prevailing in our government here for the last several years. It is uh, it is a time that we live in that uh, I, I think the prognosticators aren't going to be real good at knowing exactly what will come out. And uh, that's good. That's good because that means the people, that, that, that might mean it, that the people who are re- switching their votes, they, they can't quite... Make make a broadcast out. They might not answer the polling questions, and it, it messes up their polling. But but anyway, um, Zelensky uh, has a bit of a problem if uh, if we and and the rest of the world become a little lukewarm about uh, his problems that he has over there. But uh, you know, we might not express tremendous sympathy or as much sympathy for Zelensky as uh, as other people do. But uh, I, I think that uh, we should be honing in on NATO. Yeah. He, you know, he he, if if NATO didn't exist, yeah, we would have never heard of Zelensky. Yeah. Let me yeah. tell you. I mean, he's our stooge. Yeah. It, it has nothing to do with freedom and tyranny. Uh, it has something to do with tyranny. But they're not too worried about freedom.
1: Yeah. Well, let's put up that first clip, because this is an article that we noticed in Unheard. <coughs> and it, 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 it kind of trails with some other things that we've been looking at this morning. Well, America and Zelensky's Dream. This is Thomas Fazzi wrote this. The pro-war consensus seems to be weakening. It's a very good article that we recommend reading. And let do that second clip. This is from the article. This is how he opens the article. Um, no, no, go, go back if you can. That's not the right one. Anyway, what he talks about in the article is how much the establishment now, the establishment figures, and he cites, um, he cites David Ignatius. He cites the Washington Post. Uh, he cites Josh Hammer with a piece in Newsweek. Uh, he cites David Sanger, very pro-war uh, traditionally. Um, Elon Musk, who's not necessarily pro-war. But essentially, these are all the figures of the establishment, who are now changing their tune out, they're not going, turning anti-war. Uh, and a lot of them, I think, are disingenuous. They see that the ship is sinking, I think, and they're ready to abandon ship. But, um, but what's happening, if we can, yeah. It, so what's happening is the, the establishment is shifting on this, uh, and that's, I think, a big deal. And I think he's mentioning that. Uh, and I think that's also being reflected in the Republican leadership. Now, if we can put that clip on. The clip's got messed up a little bit this morning. I don't know what's going on. Our internet was messed up. But the picture of, of McCarthy on there, if you can put up. Here we go. And this is something else I think that ties into the same thing. GOP will likely oppose more aid if Republicans win House back McCarthy. And with Kevin McCarthy, that's about as anti-war as he could possibly get. <laughs> right. We might oppose the aid. But a yeah. shift is happening, I think.
0: Yeah. And you know, uh, Tulsi uh, sort of is involved in this because she's a public figure, she's well liked, she made a major decision, and the decision actually uh, was around this whole issue about why we're over in Ukraine spending all this money. And, uh, and, and they, she didn't look like the person to pick on right now, <laughs> you know. And I, I think that was uh, beneficial that she added a little fuel to the fire. And uh, I think right now, though, that there's more and more people uh, wa- waking up to what's happening. And uh, if uh, if the Republicans win back the House, I, uh, I, I don't know. It'll be beneficial. I sure hope they're right. Uh, it isn't the issue that comes up at every town hall meeting, you know, uh, it has, though, to some degrees, people will, uh, when when they're in a tight race, they might say, look, why are we spending all that money on the borders in Ukraine and, and not dealing with some of these problems at home? But that's an overall position to take, is uh, when you run an empire, the end of an empire comes when people who run the empire forget about the people who are paying for it, and there's finally a rebellion against it. And it, it doesn't have to be a violent rebellion, and I think people are, are starting uh, to to oppose the war. And when Washington Post allows some of this stuff, you know, a year ago, he probably wouldn't even say that in yeah. the Washington Post, saying that uh, there's a, a, a bit of a problem and maybe we've overdone it in Ukraine.
1: And in a way, maybe this is silly, but it sort of feels like those two years with COVID, you know, from the very beginning, you were saying, we were saying on the show, this is a bad idea, everything you're doing is wrong, it's really stupid policy, it's going to be a disaster, and we were, of course, uh, and I don't know if you can get that one with all the charts and all the numbers on it, if you can put that up, but I think this is actually interesting, and you're right, it's, it's probably more, more nuanced, uh, actually no, the one with just the numbers, and that's okay. So, the point is that, according to this new New York Times poll, only 2 percent believe that the Ukraine situation is the most important thing we need to face. Whopping, whopping majority of them believe the economy is the issue. So with Democrats running on Ukraine as the issue and only two percent of the Americans that concerned about it, it's a problem coming up.
0: This is very significant, but it might not be as wonderful as we want it to be. Yeah. <clears throat> it's not that ninety uh, 8% of the people said, we've had enough, it's spending too much, we shouldn't be there, we should end the empire, we should balance our budget, and this is where we should start, we should take care of America. I don't think it's there. I, I think it's a, a lot of apathy. They're tired of it. And you mentioned you know, the COVID war. People finally got tired of it and didn't believe it. So now they're not believing this story either. So, no, I think it's all good news. Uh, their motivations will never be fully known, the motivations of each and every uh, voter. But right now, it probably the the two percent uh, listing this is probably another reflection. I would say that the uh, Democrats would look at this as very negative for them because uh, what they're saying, you know, they, they wouldn't do this if uh, you know they, they took a long time to do that in the in the '60s uh, to to get this our street demonstrations and People are so apathetic with this, which is in a way good uh, that. that People still are, are don't they're hearing too much about the problems we have, and they don't. They haven't even looked at the map, yeah, and say, "Oh, I know where Ukraine is, yeah. and that pipeline." And well, I'm worried about closing on pipelines here in the United States, yeah. which is a pretty good choice.
1: Well, here's a couple of things from the Zero Hedge article, just a couple of quotes, and I think I think we can take some courage in this because we've been talking for a while about how there's kind of a new crop of Republicans <laughs> that are leaning against. War. I wouldn't say anti-war, but leaning in a better direction. And here's from the article. I'll just read a couple of clips because I can't. I can't put them up. Uh, Notwithstanding GOP war hawks like Mitch McConnell, McCarthy isn't the only Republican who's publicly opposed to more Ukraine aid. This is a quote: "I do think that we have to get to a point, and this is where we do disagree. We've got to stop the money spigot to Ukraine eventually." Said J.D. Vance, who's running for Senate in Ohio. Uh, And then we have. uh, from the same article meanwhile Arizona Republican Senate nominee Blake Masters said in May that the money would be better spent securing the southern border quote under Joe Biden it's always America last he said let's be clear about what this means it means no ceasefire it means another foreign war will be paid for everything many more thousands will die there's no resolution no end in sight the risk of course is that a proxy war can escalate to an all-out nuclear war between nuclear powers uh, and now up in New Hampshire, Senator Senate candidate Republican Senate candidate Don Bolduck said last week that more spending is not the answer. He said, "quote We must hold the administration accountable. We can't spend more money. Uh, the answer is not spending more money in Ukraine." And here's this another one: Republican Senate nominee Adam Laxalt from Nevada, son of a famous uh, senator there, he tweeted in May that the 40 billion dollars to Ukraine was quote shockingly abhorrent proposal, uh, which is, uh, seems to be something that the snook um, breed of Republicans are, are agreeing on. And then you look at the old guard, people like Adam Kinzinger, and he said, and for once he may be right, Dr. Paul, I just see a freight train coming, and that is Trump and his operation turning against aid for Ukraine. He's having a panic attack over it. Well, the rest of america increasingly is saying wow
0: that's a good idea it's popular now for the politicians to say well we have to balance the budget and quit the spending and do all these things but they don't they don't work on connecting the spending and the be- deficits with the grocery bills and uh and they're not too worried but right now though it, this would be so easy to start whittling away but it would be easy for us to just strike it and bring yeah. them home and stay out of these affairs. But even if you even if you had to start modestly reducing the budget and have a net reduction, which is not on the horizon, that they, they could start cutting this and, uh, and we wouldn't be less safe. We'd be more safe. You know, yeah. we wouldn't have to be threatened and putting on sanctions. And here we're here. they are talking about sending more money to Taiwan and all this kind of stuff. So they're always doing this. And it's so much better. But it also offers an opportunity for, uh, it's not a compromise, but it's an in-between position. They say, you know, if they have a big budget and it's 10 billion, cut 10% of it. Yeah. You know, and take it from these places that the American people wouldn't know about. And and you could start cutting that back. But... uh, of course we could withstand the whole fact that we just changed our policy. You know, it could be like uh, uh, you, you know, an adjustment we had in 1920 when they uh, dealt with a the depression then. If we just dealt with this pressure on the American taxpayer and the hawks to keep spending and being there and adding and never quitting, uh, we, we, could, we could do it. If, if we cut, you know, the, tru- the real truth is if we cut our aggressiveness in the budget in the military by 50 percent in one year, I bet we would survive. I bet we would survive it, and uh, and and probably thrive in it. Maybe we'd have a real tax reduction, and we wouldn't be printing so much money. But they've been locked in on this militant foreign policy. So this good news that we're referring to, hopefully good news, will represent, you know, a change in attitude in the foreign policy. So people would say, that's right, that's right. Why are we over there, uh, you know, defending the borders of Ukraine? At the same time, we have a problem over here.
1: Yeah. And this Pew poll that we mentioned, one of the interesting things is now a plurality of Republicans and leading Republicans believe that we are providing too much aid. That's 32 uh, up from 9% in March, and that's very, very significant. But you know, Dr. Paul, you know, it used to be once the idea that this uh, domino theory, it was so discredited, the idea if we don't fight in Vietnam, we're all going to just turn commie, that was just so discredited it? it was a laughing stock, but now we have to revisit it, and of course, the left was very good back then in ridiculing the idea that there was a domino theory, but now they're embracing. If we let Putin take the eastern part of Ukraine, he's going to take New York next week. And it's this absurd, it's even more absurd now than it was during the Cold War.
0: But somehow this is sort of back from the dead. That's right. Yeah. It, <clears throat> the big, big uh, obstacle to all this is there's a lot of, a lot of people still very much in control uh, in the propaganda. You know the politicians who are still there that are, are the hawks, and those friends that used to be your neighbors, the yeah. military-industrial complex. Yeah. You knew where they lived. Yeah. And they lived well, but Better they're the they're the ones who know the system pretty well, and it's and they sort of escape. Uh, in many ways, most of the time they escape the inside battles between become Republican and Democrats. They're not partisan people. They're money people. Yeah. And, and they're weapons people. And so that is going to be there, but uh, it should it should be addressed. It will eventually be addressed uh, when the big bankruptcy is hit. And uh, we're moving in that direction and waking up some people. But that has to happen, too, because it, it, that means under undermining and changing an attitude that started a hundred and plus years ago you know the foreign policy uh, uh, that fits fit that fix uh, into uh, a f- foreign aggression and you know us, we you know making the world you know Woodrow Wilson's that make the world safe for democracy yeah. well that's not even a very good idea to begin with yeah. let alone the amount of money they spend and uh, it, it doesn't work
1: yeah. Well, I want to take a second to thank Brewster McBrewster and Gypsy Magic for chipping in our, on our rumble rants. Uh, uh, we appreciate the support. But you talk about corruption, and that is a perfect segue to our next segment. And I don't know if we can even do this. I'm, I, I hesitate to even say, but if you can find the picture of General Jones and put that clip up, uh, he's, his mug is right there in the front. If you can, if you can uh, sift through there to find that. Um, because this is something that's come out. So Washington Post... Um, uh, investigation that uh, Common James wrote about. <coughs> we noticed it on Zero Hedge. Defying Pentagon secrecy, report exposes retired U.S. generals on the payroll. And it's not just generals. If you can back up one, uh, and this is from the article. In total, the Post found that more than 500 retired U.S. military personnel, including scores of generals and admirals, have taken lucrative jobs since 2014 working for foreign governments such as Saudi Arabia, Libya, Turkey, and Kuwait, mostly with the official pr- approval of the U.S. military. So what's happening is that they are retiring with a huge pension, a pension that we could only dream about, and they're going on and doubling down and hiring on with Saudi Arabia secretly to, to double, triple, or quadruple their salary. What are they doing there? That's a good question. You know,
0: this used to not occur. It was not, uh, it was not legal. Then they made it legal... But you had to get permission, and that's just a rubber stamp, and they get their permission. And then after they got the permission to do it, then they insisted be secret. So it was held secret. Nobody <laughs> was allowed to know who was in which country. But, you know, it raises more questions than it settles. Why Why are they there? Is it only the money they're going to make out of it? But it, it looks like I just really believe, oh this might be risky, I really believe that these people don't go over there, and they talk about secrecy. I believe I believe the CIA knows exactly who goes over there, yeah. and uh, and and it's either putting information there or gathering information. Uh, so it's uh, it's it's such a terrible way to run uh, foreign policy, but uh, it's uh, it's it's involved there. But it, it's just an extension. Uh, you know, we were. You know, you know, inviting people to think that maybe we're moving a little bit away from, you know, sending all this money to Ukraine. But this is just the extension that not many people think about of the military industrial complex. You know, they do it and they participate and they become experts and then they become an expert in the lobbyists for it. I imagine the biggest motivation of some of this stuff is the uh, military people Know how to help arms manufacturers selling uh, we- selling weapons, yeah. and uh, it's. Uh, and, and, and of course, I think they. Uh, this week, they said that. Uh, oh, I think it was Taiwan. They were able to spend the money, as they choose. Yeah because all the money isn't. It goes like the point you frequently make, it goes to the arms manufacturer or it goes to a university to uh, pro- propagate this, this uh, propaganda. So that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big problem, but uh, I think the only thing that we can do is help explain it and get people to the point where the answer, tinkering is okay. If you're moving in the right direction, a little bit is better than nothing. But the whole thing is, if you if you need to change it, you have to change the policy and you have to change the attitude. And that's what when we see some of this, it looks like the attitude is changing and attitudes make a difference. And the point I frequently have made is when the attitudes started changing with COVID, um, you know, things softened up for the American people. And yet we still know. Like yesterday, we talked about the more they're still planning yeah. on more vaccines for little kids. Yeah. Uh, so, so it's an endless fight. There's always going to be people out there that are, are anti-liberty and they're going to be uh, pro-nihilistic. That You can't know the truth anyway. So yeah. we, we could do whatever we want.
1: The thing about this is it's troubling. Okay, we don't know what they're doing for Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, etc., but the thing is, Americans do have the sense that you know generals and admirals and high ranking officers, they're, they're figures of authority and they're presented as such when they're on the media. So the question I would have is how many of these generals who are literally being paid hundreds of thousands of dollars by Saudi Arabia or another country such as that uh, will go on to television as authority figures, as military experts and not reveal when they comment on some of these things that they're actually being paid to do it. Now, we see a lot of General Keene. He's on Fox News all the time. He's their expert. He's the most pro-war, war-blustering fool there is out there. What's never revealed when he and so many others like him go on television is the fact that he's literally on the board and getting paid by military contractors. So we need to have this kind of fool disclosure. I think it's unseemly. If you retire... It's not for me to tell people what they should earn, but if you retire on a two hundred thousand dollar government salary after a career in the military, maybe you should just kind of chill out and, and not think you want to make a million off of it.
0: It's amazing how they can maintain their arrogance. You know, Zelensky is still—he's almost like, hey, send me my check. Yeah. You know, this month I need this much money, and uh, and um, so often he has, up until now, he has gotten it. Uh, the uh, the other thing is is. Uh, uh, the, the, uh, uh, the, the they're getting 70 percent uh, Saudi Arabia received around 70 percent of their of their weaponry and, um, and and they get other things, too. But uh, what uh, in, in log, for logistical support. So they they keep doing this and uh, you get to thinking, well, uh, why why do we do this? Okay, you know, a lot of people are mad at Saudi Arabia. Yeah. They're, they're getting to be our enemies. Yeah. They're they're talking to the Russians. Yeah. And and and, uh, and yet, even in the 70s, they boycotted oil and helped create, uh, you know, exacerbated the problems we have. And right now, they're doing this and, and threatening to do this. And like their attitude, well, we don't care about you. Yeah. And, and they're totally dependent on us to, to do this. I would say... The principle of, of foreign aid and intervention and clowning around like that is uh, is not worth anything to us. And we ought to let the market dictate prices and then let somebody else make a decision, not the politicians who are wheeling and dealing uh, with their lobbyists.
1: And speaking of sending money overseas, if we can load up that one Senate looks to give Taiwan $10 billion in military aid. This is from antiwar.com. Uh, also, I think it was on uh, Zero Hedge. Dave DeCamp wrote this. The Senate's version of the 2023 National Defense Authorization Act will include $10 billion in military aid for Taiwan. And I think, unfortunately, Dr. Paul, this is the downside for a lot of Republicans who might be with us on Ukraine about not spending money on this dangerous thing. They say, yeah, we should be spending it against China. Not all of them, and hopefully none of the ones we read feel that way. Uh, but there is that sense. But we can put on the one right after that. And this is from the article, and it says everything you need to know about Washington, how they view our money. The $10 billion that we're sending to Taiwan is a massive increase from the $4.5 billion initially opposed by, uh, proposed by Senator Menendez and Lindsey Graham. So the two biggest hawks in the Senate, Graham and Menendez, they wanted to give $4.5 billion, and the rest of the Senate said, are you kidding? They need $10 billion to buy <laughs> weapons, just provoking China.
0: Well, Lindsey Graham is a Republican so he'll he'll protect the constitution and Republican spending and the Republican, you know, uh want a balanced budget. So he's he's going to protect uh the interests of the conservatives. I'm sure. But uh, he's not bashful about it, and, uh, and and unfortunately, there there is no. When it comes to these issues, there's no difference, no. and uh, and that's why it marches on. But that doesn't mean that we are going to back off and say, well, we've lost the fight, because we're w- unfortunately we win. We win even if it continues the way it is we still win because it ends in a, in a way that's much more disastrous because it ends with a, a bankruptcy which means runaway inflation and uh, the debt gets wiped out debt has to be wiped out and uh, it's happening all the time you know which I mean the president just the other day you know wiped out all student debt yeah. you know, nope, no problem at all so uh the debt will be that that will be wiped out and it will be it difficult to do this and it's, and uh, and yet on the long run we win the fight but then it becomes very dangerous because they've been undermining our liberties continuously in the last few years and, and they continue to do that and uh, if uh, if, if you go to the point where there's violence and a breakdown of law, and oh, I, that, we've already had a breakdown of yeah. law and order, uh, what is going to replace it? That That is a big question, too. So I think uh, the goal and the move toward, and the understanding of moving toward peace and prosperity, it's not complicated. Yeah. It's, it's about one or two rules you follow. Mind your own business and don't steal or hurt people.
1: Yeah, <laughs> You know,
0: and, and the world would be better off.
1: A lot better off. Well, I'm going to close out, and I do apologize to our viewers for mixing up the clips. Um, we had an internet thing, and it juggled them all around. It would have been interesting to do them in the order we had them. It would have been insane. But put up that last one again as a reminder uh, for our conference on November 5th. It's coming up very fast, Dr. Paul. At this point in the wait, I always get nervous. I'm not ready for this. I'm not <laughs> ready for this. But we're looking forward to welcoming all of our friends down here at Lake Jackson. It's been a nice day today. I think we're going to have nice weather then. Uh, so get your tickets. Go to ronpaulinstitute.org. You'll see this ugly picture, I have to say, but this is an ugly idea, the idea of suppressing speech, um, uh, cancel culture and the war on speech. Get your tickets and come see us. And Dr. Paul, we're, we're going to do our best to maybe do, go on Locals tomorrow and have a little chat. So hang tight. We'll announce it tomorrow if we get everything worked out. But thanks so much for watching the show. We appreciate it
0: and i too want to thank our viewers for tuning in and and thank you for your support i want to close with a a real brief comment because uh, in spite of our uh, effort to come up with a positive uh, analysis of what's happening with ukraine uh, we know exactly what's really happening and we have to be cautious but we still have to know what our goal is because you can't move toward the goal if you don't know where it is and why we want to help making sure people know that goal But there's news today that shows that uh, when we get closer to home, it gets maybe probably a little more difficult dealing with this. And uh, sometimes they ignore the things that they really should. They ignore our borders. But the U.S. and Canada now wants to send armored vehicles to Haiti because they're having internal problems there. And I'm sure there's uh, lots of reason to be sympathetic. We we know people who uh, act as missionaries. They go to Haiti and try their best to help out. And yet the problems continue. <clears throat> but to just send more military aid there is not the answer. We need we need more ideas sent there on why people are poor and in poverty all this time. But so at the one time we may be backing off, and then I got to thinking about Haiti. I wonder when the very first time was that we did get involved on the internal affairs of Haiti. It's probably been around a long time. It's not a threat to us in in a way directly, but it still is a threat in principle that it participates in a policy that doesn't make it much sense. I wanna thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.